Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. I want to share something with you and see if this sounds familiar. See if this resonates, if it resembles what goes on in your house, because it it sure does mine. I have baked Valentine's cupcakes until 2 a.m. and finished writing stories at 4 a.m. when all was quiet and I finally had unbroken time to concentrate. I have held what I hope were professional-sounding interviews sitting on the floor in the hall outside my kid's dentist's office, in the teacher's bathroom at school functions, in the car outside various lessons, and on the grass, quickly muting the phone after each question to keep the whooping of a noisy soccer practice to a minimum. Some appliance is always broken. My to-do list never ends. I have yet to do a family budget after meaning to for nearly 20 years. The laundry lies in such a huge, perpetually unfolded mound that my daughter has taken a dive in it and gone for a swim. At work, I've arranged carpools to ballet and band practice. At home, 
I'm constantly writing and returning emails, doing interviews and research for work. Just a sec. I hear my daughter mimicking me as she mothers her dolls. Give me a minute. She has stuck yellow post-it notes on my forehead while I sit working at the computer to remind me to come upstairs for story time. My editors can recount every deadline I've blown. My son Liam once recited every single one of the handful of honors assemblies or wheezy recorder concerts I'd missed in his entire life. I was even failing our cat Max. I asked someone at the pet store what I could do to make him stop scratching up the carpets. He thinks you're his mother. He's showing he needs more attention from you, she'd said. Can't you find time to play with him every day? Bridget Schulte is a Washington Post reporter, part of a Pulitzer Prize winning team, has a brand new book. It's called Overwhelmed, Work, Love and Play. When no one has the time, it sure struck a chord with me. Bridget, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thank you for sparing the time to be able to chat with me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> I feel I feel like you were in our kitchen this morning. Because this is exactly what goes on at our house. And, and I know I'm busy. I think I'm busy. I know my wife is busy, but maybe we're not as busy as we think we are. Well, you know, it's, a, it's really something that I looked at um, in, in, work, in working on this book. Um, I, the whole reason I wrote this book is I ran into a time use researcher who not only told me that I had 30 hours of leisure a week, <laughs> you know, and in, in this busy, uh, crazy lifestyle, I thought, you, you know, you are out of your mind. But he also told me that I wasn't as busy as I thought I was, that I had more of this time and I just didn't know how to find it or enjoy it. And that really started me on this whole quest because you know, what he was telling me is that I was just this big ball of personal failure. You know, there was something wrong with me that I didn't enjoy this leisure time. And and that set off this whole journey. And I discovered that, you know, he's partly right. It is partly that we think that we're too busy. But there's a lot of external pressures on us that make us feel and act that way. And that's really what the book explores is what are those external pressures and then how do you push back against them? The he is John Robinson. Tell me a little bit about him. Well, actually, John Robinson is a great guy. He's in his 70s. He's one of the very first uh, time use researchers in the United States. Uh, It's a fairly new social science, uh, and it's aimed at trying to understand uh, the way we live and try to capture things that, that other economic measures can't. You know, it's, uh, our time is sort of, it's not something you can track on a paycheck or, you know, it's not an economic indicator. And so they find really fascinating stuff. And he's a great guy. I just really, really disagree with him on this. Well, and what he's, what he said to you is that you have 30 hours a week for leisure and you just mentioned that, but he also said that's more than women had in the sixties, even though so many more are working outside the home today than were at that time. That's right. And he also said men have more leisure time now. He said that we're all having more and more leisure time. And believe me, I've done an awful lot of reporting for this book, and I didn't find anybody who felt that they had more leisure time than, say, their parents did. Uh, Most everyone that I, I spoke with all up and down the socioeconomic spectrum were feeling this sort of breathless, kind of crazed frantic, harried sense of of just trying to hang on by their fingernails. Do you buy into his argument that we exaggerate our work hours so that we seem important? I don't. I really don't. I think one of the things, uh, you know, that 
when I've talked to other time use researchers, I think there's a couple things going on. The first is that it looks like work hours on average have gone down in the United States and other and other countries, but what they've really done is divided. And so what you have is for uh, college-educated workers, since the 1980s, there's good evidence that work hours have been increasing really exponentially. And so now what you have is... United States uh, workers working among the most extreme hours, and extreme is being defined as 50 or more. Uh, and at the other end of the spectrum, you've got lower wage workers where wages haven't kept up with costs, and they're putting together two and three jobs just to try to make ends meet. So they have a different kind of stress. Um, so nobody has this kind of leisure time. The second thing, and the last point I wanted to make here, is that what what John Robinson and his type of time studies don't take into account is all the technology now. We've got our smartphones and our Blackberries and our computers. We are online all the time. And the demand is, you know, for 24-7 accountability at work. So if you're thinking about work and you're answering the email at 3 o'clock in the morning or, you know, early, as soon as the minute you get up, you're, you're checking your emails on, on your phone beside your bed, you're never away from work then. And so that sense of always being on call just extends the work day. You also uh, talk about the research of a leisure scholar, if there is such a thing, Ben Hunnicutt. And, <laughs> and the argument seems to be that leisure is for wimps. Uh, I would use a different word, but we're trying most times to run a family radio program here. But you know the word I'm thinking of. And, and you know, do you think that that's a factor in this that we all, oh, you know, you don't want to be one of those who's leading a life of leisure. It's very true. I And I have to confess that when I was telling people, when I was researching this book, I was embarrassed to say I was researching a book about leisure. And I even spoke with another leisure scholar who said that her own mother is embarrassed of her. You know, we live in a society that does not value leisure time. I mean, think about it. Even when we talk to each other and you say, you know, what have you been doing lately? We run through a laundry list and we talk about we're fried and we're so busy. When was the last time somebody said, oh, I'm not doing much? We tend to think they're losers. Right. So we live Nobody in says that. Nobody says that. And, you know, it may be true, but you're not going to admit it. Well, you know what I, I, I was particularly drawn to? You quote from Ike's acceptance speech at the 56 Republican Convention. I'll just share one line. Leisure, together with educational and recreational facilities, will be abundant so that all can develop the life of the spirit, of reflection, of religion, of the arts, of the full realization of the good things of the world. And I was thinking to myself, if in 2016, you know, Hillary or Rand Paul in their acceptance speech should stand up and say, we'll have more <laughs> leisure, like, how would that go over? <laughs> well, you know, to me, when I saw that, it really struck me. And in sort of a sad way, think of what we've lost. So much of our political discourse, our national conversation is about you know, jobs and the economy and, and try to hang on. And, and while those are all important things, we've lost a sense of well, what, are, what, is, what is all this work for? You know, and, and I, read a lot, uh, I read a lot about leisure. And when I first started this book, I, I think I thought, like everybody else, leisure was for dummies and, you know, for people who didn't have industriousness or purpose in life and they were just lazy. 
But, you know, when you go all the way back to the Greek philosophers, their whole view is that we work in order to have leisure. And we think of leisure as like flopping on the couch or being lazy or like leisure suits, you know, something really awful. But in the truest sense, leisure is actually uh, the place where we are most human, where we refresh the soul, um, where we become most fully alive. And it can be as simple as just being fully present and accepting the, the moment in all its ordinary wonder. There's a psychologist uh, you also quote in the book who says that men can do one and a half things at a time. Women can do about five. <laughs> right. This is another another method of time you study that I loved because what it did is it captured not only what you were doing, it, uh, it gave different people pagers, and it would page you through the day and say, what are you doing, and record that. But also, how are you feeling about what you're doing, and what do you think you should be doing otherwise? And what they discovered in doing that method of time study is that men and women experience time completely differently. <laughs> the first book written about this is actually titled Divergent Realities, and that, uh, and that women tend to feel... Uh, they they tend to feel like they have to do all sorts of things all at once, all the time, and it, and not only at work, but also keeping track of the house and kids. I was really struck by the time use research that shows that women, even when they're working full-time, are still doing twice the housework and childcare on average, even though men are doing more, and that their role tends to still be the one in charge of all of that. And so even though you may be sharing or delegating, you're still trying to keep all of that in your head, and they've come up with a wonderful term to describe that. They call it contaminated time, because with so much stuff in your brain, it's hard to just live in the moment then or be where you are. It tends to lead you to distraction and, and what I call time confetti. Well, I completely understand contaminated it, time. It reminds me of, of when you went to see that human factors expert, and you hand over your diaries that he really can't discern. And when he figures out some of your notations, he wants to put into the category of leisure things that don't strike you as being leisure pursuits. Oh, my goodness. That was the, that was one of the craziest part, experiences of the book. So John Robinson, the time use researcher, challenged me to keep a time diary. And he said, I'm going to show you where your leisure is. And so I did, and I did. I, I, I felt like I was going to Judgment Day <laughs> when I brought my little books to him and uh, where I'd been tracking my time. And he took out a yellow highlighter, and he highlighted what he said were 27 hours of leisure time. And I looked at it, and I almost started to cry. It was 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there, and laying in bed being exhausted, listening to the radio, trying to get out of bed. You know, and he said, listening to the, the, to the radio is leisure time. That counts. And then I, uh, there was one time I took my daughter to her ballet class, and the car broke down on the way home, and we waited for a tow truck for two hours, and he considered that leisure time. I'm like, you're out of your mind. It's like, I think of leisure as like laying on a hammock in the beach, or maybe a sick day when I don't have to be responsible for anybody else. This is Bridget Schulte. The book is called Overwhelmed, Work, Love, and Play When No One Has the Time. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is Bridget Schulte. The book is called Overwhelmed Work, Love and Play When No One Has the Time. Hey, uh, just a footnote parenthetically, however I should say it. The, the person, the psychologist whose work you were referring to a moment ago, and this comes from someone whose last name is Smirkanish has the most complicated name I have ever seen, if I can just say that. C-S-I-K-S-Z-E-N-T-M-I-H-A-L-Y-I. How the hell do you say that? <laughs> it's a, He's a wonderful, wonderful uh, researcher and, and human being. He's brought so much into the world. His, you pronounce it, Chick sent me high. Jesus, when he makes a dinner reservation, what do you think he does? <laughs> I think he says Schulte, party of three, you know? Right. (laughs) That's a great question. That's not one I asked him, but that is a great question. Uh, What is it that Danish women have figured out about leisure? Uh, That was fascinating. I went to a Time Use conference, and one of the the studies they presented was about uh, men and women and leisure time around the world. And what struck me the most was that women in Denmark 
had not only about as much leisure time as men did, which was unlike most other countries. There's usually a fairly large gap between men and women. You know, some countries like Italy, it's like this gulf (laughs) where men get all this leisure time and women have very little leisure time. So women in Denmark had almost as much leisure time as as men, and they had, and the mothers there had the most what they called pure leisure or time to themselves. Whereas, say in the United States, if you look at the time diaries, most mothers spend almost all of their leisure time with their children. They have very little leisure time with adults and very very little time of pure leisure time to themselves. That you know what people call me time, right? So I wanted to see, well, what what on earth is going on in Denmark that would that would lead to that kind these kinds of these kinds of uh, figures, and I went over there, and I soon I, I found myself spending most of my time with men, because I figured I found out that you really can't look at leisure time without looking at the way we work, and you can't look at leisure at work without looking at the, at our relationships at home, and what they have in Denmark are very short, intense, flexible work hours. They tend to think if you work late there, unlike here where we think you're the best worker, there they think you're inefficient. So they have uh, they have a value of short work hours. They have a value of gender equality. They have a minister of gender equality that's right up there with the Secretary of State. It's so important to them, and so they really work to have uh, shared uh, shared caring and shared housework and shared work. And the time studies there show that they're going to be at what they call gender parity in just a in just a few uh, a decade or so whereas here in the United States we're decades and decades away from that but bridget you, last- you you point out and you have this great exchange with Pat Buchanan because it was Pat who whispered in president nixon's ear to veto a bill that would have brought about universal health care you point right. out that to many americans i'm sure and i'm going to find out cuz i'm about to take calls on this I'm sure that people, particularly women, are shaking their heads in agreement with you as they are listening to Bridget Schulte explain her book, Overwhelmed. But when you then say, well, do we want to be more like the Danes? I still think an argument like Buchanan's that this is going to be European socialism and probably Obama's fault if we want to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, Americans are going to at some point this this. This goes against our rugged individualism, our Horatio Alger notions, all of those bootstrap theories. So how you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you so how do you move the ball forward where on some level we agree with you, but we don't want to give up what makes us uniquely American? Well, you know, that is such a great question. And in the book, what I wanted to do, I wanted to understand why the United States is where it is when it comes to things like family policy. You know, we all, there was this moment in the early 70s when women and mothers started entering the workforce in mass in a way they really hadn't been, uh, you know, in sort of that, uh, in the workforce. I mean, mothers and women have always worked, you know, on the farms and in, uh, you know, uh, small, uh, small businesses, but they were working in, in, uh, fields and professions that had been generally, um, dominated by men, and I wanted to understand what different countries did, how they responded to it, and why the United States really did nothing. Uh, you know, the only family policy we have is the Family Medical Leave Act. It took 10 years to pass. It's unpaid, and it only it doesn't it still doesn't cover 40% of the workforce. So why is it, if some people say we have family hostile policies here, uh, and, and then there are uh, the, the sort of the, what's happening now when you look at the birth rates, there are 
uh, people raising flags, it's like, wow, have we made it so difficult here for people to have families that they're choosing not to? So I do think that's something we need to look at. But you're right. We have a very strong libertarian streak in this country. We have a very divisive politics. Uh, you know, so what I call for in the book is we we haven't had conversations like this in 40 years. It's time to have conversations. It's time for us to figure out, well, what is what is it that would work that's uniquely American that would also show that we really are a, a country of family values, that we really do want want to help families to have, you know, to, to have families to have uh, time for each other, Uh uh, in a way that it's really, we've made it very, very difficult for families right now. I think I think you're starting that conversation. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I hope you can tell that from my questions. Hey, may I also compliment, as one who has a book coming out himself in T-minus 60 days, the jacket. The jacket of your book is genius. And I've, this is radio, so I'm holding it. Others can't see it. But it, it's a con- I'll say it's a conventional book jacket, but then it has notations all over it that just remind me of, again, what goes on in my world, including weird bulb for hall light. I'd love to see what that weird... <laughs> so um, who, who designed that? Uh, Rodrigo Corral. Whoever Rodrigo Corral is did you a solid with that book jacket. Anyway, oh, I, I love the book jacket, and that yeah, isn't half it of funny? that is my actual to-do list one week. Oh, I, I believe said, it. We, what do we put on the cover? I said, I'll send you my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, Max, Max to vet, a lunch with high sook on Friday, fill out camp forms, find geometry tutor. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations, Bridget. Thank you for being so gracious with your time. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And I do hope we're starting a conversation. How wonderful. Overwhelmed is the, is the book. Bridget Schulte is the author. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program. Weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. And anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.